listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Elizabeth Roman, reporter and editor with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino and veteran Western Mass journalist Dave Eisenstatter. Liz, Dave, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This week, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker announced a COVID-19 vaccine lottery designed to encourage people to continue to get their shots. Residents who get their vaccine can enter to win one of five $1 million prizes, and for those under age 18, five $300,000 scholarships are also up for grabs. Massachusetts has done well in getting people fully vaccinated, with more than 4 million people having done so. Liz Baker says Ohio tried a similar program with some success. Is this going to work in Massachusetts? I mean, I hope that I hope that it will. I think one thing to point out is that we keep saying that Massachusetts is doing so well. But if you look at particular pockets and communities, including the communities of color, a lot of them still aren't vaccinated. So I'm not saying that a lottery is going to get them to do it. But if there's some sort of incentive, something that might get them to go. I think I read one article that said give workers time, paid time off because a lot of them are afraid that if they get sick for the second one, they don't have anybody to watch their kids or to even take care of them if they get sick. So, yeah, a lottery is an incentive, but maybe a real tangible thing like you can have a day off after you get the vaccine that that might work better dave federal funds are covering the costs for the vaccine prizes is this a good use of those i think so i really strongly agree um with what you just says said liz uh like you know this program you're trying to convince people with a chance to win a million bucks and um i read one doctor who was actually commenting on a previous incentive program that was offering Massachusetts residents, $25 market basket gift cards. He was saying that the increases to vaccine signups that you see from these programs say a lot more about food and cash insecurity than vaccine hesitancy. Ohio did have a nice bump um, the weekend after their, their lottery program was announced, but it didn't last. It lasted about two weeks and then it fell off again. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a good use of 5 million bucks to get more people vaccinated. Vaccination is a priority, but yeah, I don't know. Money for food security programs, revamping unemployment, starting a statewide single payer or public option program. Uh, You know, these are long term programs um, that hopefully will have a smaller percentage of the population that's struggling so much that they see something like vaccination as an unattainable luxury. Shifting gears, the Springfield School Department is entering into an agreement with the police department, giving them access to surveillance camera videos at schools. The footage will be available during emergencies as well as other investigations with written approval. School committee member Barbara Gresham voted against the idea. This is a setup for our black and brown students, mainly boys, pipeline to prison. But Mayor Dominic Sarno says police can't randomly view video and the agreement is all about safety during an emergency. The quicker they get that information, the more they can quell or stop that situation. That's all it's about. This is not about a setup for brown or black students. In 2018 and 2019, police officers in Springfield were charged with assaulting students inside school in two incidents. So, Dave, there are fears this type of video could be misused. What do you think? Uh, I think this is a bad idea in general, and it's even worse when you consider that we're talking about the Springfield Police Department. Um, This is a department with a national reputation for racism and excessive force, uh, and one with two recent incidents of having officers assaulting students in school. Um, 
But I think in general, giving police department basically unfettered access to school surveillance cameras is, is wrong. I'm glad that the school committee member uh, mentioned the, the um, pipeline to prison, the, the school to prison pipeline, which the ACLU has brought attention to. Um, it's where students, often young people of color, color, often who have a history of poverty, abuse, neglect, uh, they get funneled by in-school police officers into juvenile and criminal justice systems uh, for basically minor infractions of school rules instead of breaking real laws. Um, our focus should be on disrupting that pipeline, uh, not bringing more police or more uh, cameras into, into schools. Liz, Dave touched upon this, but there's a long list of issues testing the credibility of the Springfield police. How do you think that plays into this? I think that it, it, it's not a good it's not a good sign for how we're supposed to be moving forward and creating a better communication and trust between the community and the police department. What constitutes an emergency? If a kid gets into a fight with another kid, if a kid slams a locker, is that an emergency? Is that considered assault and battery because he he moves his hand back and he happens to strike another student or strikes a teacher. I just think it's, it's completely ridiculous that it was handled this way. I think it's important to note that three of the people, the three people who voted against it are all three women of color who have had children in the school system. And, um, and I'm really disappointed that it was handled this way and that it sort of seemed to come to them as a surprise. It was suddenly this, this, this bill and it just passed and, and there wasn't that much discussion about it. And that's, That's just really disappointing and feels like a step backwards. Moving along to Connecticut, lawmakers there this week voted to legalize marijuana. Governor Ned Lamont has said he will sign the bill. It allows for possession starting July 1st and paves the way for retail sales, which could start as soon as next year. Connecticut is the 19th state plus the District of Columbia to legalize cannabis. Liz, it took many years to get this done in Connecticut. Did lawmakers get it right with the legislation? I think so. I mean, it feels so ho-hum to me at this point, you know, like eh, legalize marijuana. It's just it's what everybody's going to end up doing. I had my reservations about it living in Massachusetts. I've never, never used the substance, but many of my friends and colleagues have. Um, and it's been fine. You know, I think it's a great source of revenue and it, it eliminates the opportunity for really, you know, petty criminal record charges for someone. And yeah, it, it was about time. Dave, as Liz mentioned, Massachusetts has had legalized marijuana for a while, and New York is working to get its retail industry off the ground. What about this budding competition among Northeast states? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I agree that it, you know, really these states that are legalizing um, cannabis at this point, it is kind of ho hum, and I think that eventually we're going to be at the point where the entire nation has legalized it. So, you know, this regional competition that might last a while. I think eventually it's going to come here anyway. I think the focus really should be on just making sure we don't have this fledgling industry turn into another big tobacco with a, you know, with just a really powerful industry that's making problems for people's health. But I do think that that it's a good thing, you know, we're reversing as as the one of the state senators in Connecticut said, reversing these laws that were unjust for 50 years and were targeting specific communities and not others. So that's a good thing. All right, veteran Western Mass journalist Dave Eisenstatter and Elizabeth Roman, reporter and editor with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino, thanks for joining us today. Thank thanks. you. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist and EPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time wherever you get your podcasts or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Farnier, and this is New England Public Media.